0: Welcome to the Cumberland FA podcast. Welcome to Cumberland FA's latest podcast. We're delighted to be um, joined by Rio and Steffi Hardy, two professional footballers who hail from Cumberland. We will get straight on with it and we'll ask Rio and Steff to give us a little bit of background on when and where you've started playing football, please.
1: Hi Helen, thanks for having us both. Uh, We're really happy to speak to you. Um, We first started playing from school, at Victoria Infant School, on a team. But before that it was just against each other in the garden and just at the park with our dad playing just against each other. And then going from that, we went to Victoria Infant School, and then we joined, what team was it first? Was it Work It and Reds? Boys. Boys teams, because there wasn't really that many girls teams around at the minute. Um, and then we, we went on from there to play for Seaton Girls, uh, and we had a really good team. And then that's when the Cumbria Centre of Excellence started up.
0: Okay, and then what happened next, after the Cumbria Girls Centre of Excellence?
1: Uh, unfortunately the Cumbria Centre of Excellence got closed uh, by the FA so the closest Centre of Excellence in miles to Cumbria was Blackburn Rovers Centre of Excellence so I think it was 113 miles or something from our house so it would take two and a half hours one way to get there um, so our dad was a hero hero, basically driving us there three times a week Uh, we wouldn't get back till like well after eleven on a school night, my dad had work the next day, so it was just what we had to do to keep playing football at the highest level. There's just nowhere in Cumbria to do that at the minute. So it was good that we had the chance to do it from our parents supporting us and being able to drive us and managing the time to take us. Yeah.
0: And when you were playing there, what was what was the um what was it like playing against girls from Blackburn compared to against girls from Cumbria, with girls from Cumbria?
1: think it was there was a bit of a difference in the technical ability and maybe the understanding of the game because more or so in Cumbria the girls they're just playing for fun really because it's not competitive and um, whereas the girls at Blackburn they grew up in that academy sort of lifestyle so they knew that everything had to be dead on and things like that I think that was one of the main differences just the intensity and things like that.
0: Okay and then when from Blackburn where did you go from Blackburn?
1: From Blackburn we went to, um, we had two seasons with the under-17s and one season in the first team, and then we went on to America. We went to the University of South Alabama for four years and we studied and played football every day and it was an unbelievable experience.
0: I bet that was tough at times.
1: Yeah, it was. It was hard to be away from your family, but we were used to being away and, th- and like we've always got each other, luckily, so far. Um, so that was nice to have each other there just to see like I don't think you can describe it to someone unless they've lived it with you for some of the moments that we went through um but yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant experience
0: It sounds like it, and it you you were very successful over there as well, weren't you?
1: Yeah, um, we had a really good team, and we managed to win our league all four years and then we won the playoffs all four years, so we were double champions, and then there was lots of individual awards which was nice and then um, just to play football in such a professional environment and then to go to class and get a degree as well just to fall back on for when your career is finished it's it's really good setup there definitely
0: and what degree degree did you do
1: we both did uh, exercise science so we helped each other with that so that was nice
0: and in the future then what potentially doors could that open for you what path would you like to go down do you think
1: for me, personally, i just like to stay involved with sport. I can't see myself doing anything different than being around sports for the rest of my life, to be honest. Me too. I definitely think that sport is something that I'm always going to be involved in. They're just being around a team and the positive energy that that brings is just... I don't really think you can get that anywhere else in the
0: working world, to be honest. So when your f- playing career is over, I mean, we're talking a long way down the line yet, but... Would it be something like physio, coaching? What kind of role would you like to do, really?
1: Personally, I would like to be a coach. I think that there's so much more that you can just learn about every single day. and um, I can take my experience as a player to then pass it on to the, the next generation, I think. And Steph? I think coaching is something that I definitely want to do as well. It just gives you the, the chance to, like Rio said, pass on what you know to players and help them become the best player that they can be using your own experiences and just helping them in anywhere that they need it as well as being a person as well not
0: just a player okay so that's america then what happened next
1: graduation um that was a big deal wasn't it um it, i think you don't realize how big it is until you sat in the the big hall with all the hundreds of hundreds of other people there and like we didn't have our family there but we had our friends and our coaches there to support us and it was really nice to see that like to go through four years with some of your teammates and they become your best friends so to graduate at the same time as them was something really special I think. Um So after that was all finished the very next day we flew to Iceland to start our professional career with in, uh in Iceland.
0: So how did that come about from playing in America?
1: Uh, our agent scouted us from having such a successful time in uh, the American leagues and stuff. So he asked if we wanted to become these players and we did. And he had some contacts in Iceland and they just said uh, they watched our highlight videos that we'd put together over our years there. Um, and he just offered us the contract. So we said, yeah, let's go. And we actually missed the first game for our graduation ceremony, but we flew out the next day at like 6 o'clock in the morning to make sure we could get there for the next game.
0: Oh, yeah. fantastic.
1: Yeah.
0: And then after Iceland, were you just there for one season?
1: Yeah, we were just there for, it's just a summer season in Iceland, so it was about five months that we were there from May till the end of September. Um, we we enjoyed it, we loved every minute of it, um, but it was just too short, unfortunately. Like You can't sustain that as a full career, so... And we decided we would try to find somewhere that's like a year-round season. And then that's how we ended up in Cyprus uh, with the Poland Ladies. And we were signed to secure Champions League football for the next season. And we did that on the last day of the season with the last kick of the game, would you believe it or not. It was the most amazing experience. I'll, I've never ran so fast in my life when we when were running to celebrate. Um, so, yeah, we've been here ever since then.
0: So... <laughs> The the next season coming, you'll potentially be playing Champions League football.
1: Yeah, we definitely will. Um, Last season, we played in the Champions League. And we made our debuts, which was just an unbelievable experience. Um, I've got a hat-trick on my debut, and that has to be the, the greatest moment of my career so far, I think. Um. So, yeah, that was brilliant. But unfortunately, we didn't qualify. We got beat in one of the qualifying games by and um, Braga from Portugal. They were the Portuguese champions so we we're unfortunate to get drawn against them um, so hopefully next time we won't get as hard of a group and we'll be able to get out um, but yeah so we came back and had our seasons and then with uh, coronavirus uh, our season got cut short and cancelled but we were already nine points clear so that we have been awarded the, the league title and the Champions League spot for next season so I think whenever that will be that we'll go back to the qualifying stages
0: well, congratulations on the league.
1: Thank you. On the league
0: title, that's amazing. Um, So, in terms of this Champions League, did they play the music and everything?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and was it tingles?
1: Yeah, it was just excitement. You just couldn't wait to get out on the pitch and show what you can do. Like, there was a lot of, a lot of the girls on the team had done it before, so they give you little tips and pointers like this is how it's going to happen. Like... Everything was just set out perfectly for us, so we didn't have too much to worry about. We just had to focus on our performance, and luckily we did well in the, the first game.
0: Oh, You did all right. You got happy. You did all right.
1: <laughs> Not too bad.
0: <laughs> OK, next question. What is your preferred position, and where does your coach like you to play? Uh,
1: my preferred position is centre-back, and that's where I play, and I have played it since Cumbria, actually. That was where I first started playing as a defender.
0: See we knew. Cumbria yeah. has just set you on the path. Yeah, it
1: has. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for me I like to play centre forward and that's where I get played as
0: well, just a striker. Yeah. So you've never had any arguments with your coaches about where you want to play?
1: No, luckily not. <laughs> oh.
0: That's good good work. Excellent. Yeah. So the you've talked about the USA. Um and just let us know, some of. The, you've talked about some of the challenges, but what were the main challenges moving across there with the education and coaching set-up? And another question is, did your parents manage to get over and watch you match?
1: I think some of the challenges would obviously be the distance and the time difference. So when we were playing some of our matches, it was 3 o'clock in the morning in England. So our parents would be setting alarms and trying to wake wake their eyes up just so they could watch us
0: play so they could watch it was on stream they could watch it all right yeah our university after our second year started
1: doing a live stream so you could watch it in just hd from the minute it kicked off to the end so for free as well so that was really good that we were lucky that our university did that um i think another challenge would maybe be time management if you're not used to playing football and doing studies at the same time. like We were lucky that we went to Appington College before that, so we were already playing football in the morning and then going to lessons in the afternoon. So We were kind of used to that balance and getting it right. But if you're not used to that, I think it can be hard because you do have things like six o'clock training in the morning, like gym, and then you've got lessons and then you'll have uh, training in the afternoon and then maybe small lessons at night if you've got a busy schedule. So it's just it's just getting used to it, really, and figuring out what works best for you and fitting in, eating, and then just having a good time around it as well, like seeing your friends and doing cool things and stuff. So, but yeah,
0: but you managed to get through it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Could they make it so easy for you in America? They've got you. Yeah. Some there's a job title for absolutely everything. Like there was someone who would choose your classes for you and make sure that they are the best times for you, would talk to you and just pick the ones that you wanted to be in. There was someone that helps you with your homework if you need help. There was someone who just basically did everything for you. So it was quite easy in the end to transition from being in England and then not knowing what the school system was like in America. Yeah. And um, just because the the staff just made it so, so easy. Yeah. So... we you had people that washed our kit for us after yeah. training. You just put it in and you would get it back clean. It It was easy. Everything was thought of, wasn't it? Especially being an international student, there was like groups and stuff that you could join, and like support
0: system was just next level. Okay, so moving on to that, then, what would you say to younger girls looking to move to America to play football and go to college? I would say do it if you've got the opportunity, and there's hundreds of opportunities.
1: Then absolutely do it. It'd be the best four years of your life, probably you yeah, take it with two hands and just it's something that you just can't turn down that's a once in a lifetime opportunity and i think that it's made us the people that we are today that, from being in america
0: and is it what you expected
1: i don't know what we expected really because we were 18 and we'd never been to america before we just knew that we would go on there to play football every day and then we'd have to go to some classes as well and I don't know, I think it was what we expected but also it was better than we expected it turned out to be because you have teammates that become your family like we still go back now to visit our friends and things like that and you just know that you want to be friends for life with these people so I think it did exceed our expectations in
0: a good way. Very much living the dream.
1: Living the dream would be... It was like we would play two games a week we would train every day and we would play on Friday night. So if we had an away game, we would leave on Thursday, and then drive wherever it could be a seven-hour bus ride. It could be a two-hour bus ride. It just depended on where we or were flight. Played. Yeah, or a flight if it was really far. Mm. Um. So then we would play Friday night, and then usually win. <laughs> and then we would go on. We would stay the night in the same place, and then on Saturday we would travel again to the next game on the Sunday. And then we'd stay the night Saturday, play Sunday afternoon at one o'clock, which was. We were in the south, so it was absolutely boiling at one o'clock in the afternoon. It was like, could be anywhere from like 30 to 35 degrees depending on where we were. That was one of the challenges as well. Coming mm-hmm. from Cumbria, the sun never comes out ever. Yeah. Then going to a plane in 35 degrees and humidity was just. After up in the first uh, training session that we had, it was at seven o'clock in the morning. And it was just like a little team thing before official pre-season started. and We did some conditioning and, and I just remember it was just such a shocking system that I, I threw up from all of them and stuff and the mm. heat and everything. It was quite an experience. But one, once you get used to it, it's fine.
0: Yeah. yeah, okay. Now, do you get back to Cumbria often?
1: No, not really really, not really at the minute, uh, especially now. But we, when we were in America, we'd come home at Christmas and summer and then... But summer was like three three months yeah. or something like that, so it was a long time. Christmas was usually about a month or so, Um, but now we get back twice a year. We come back in summer for a month. We get about two weeks, ten days or something at Christmas, so not as much as we would like.
0: And do your parents ever come out to see you where yeah, you are?
1: Luckily, yeah. They come out to America um, once each year um, in as many games as possible in about, I think, two and a half weeks or something wasn't it yeah they were following us all around the country yeah they were following <laughs> the, the team bus in the little rental car um all over america and then they came to iceland a few times just for a weekend here and there because the weather wasn't very good in iceland yeah i am um, yeah and then they been to cyprus about three times four times so that's
0: nice and uh, it goes without saying they're proud of you
1: oh so proud yeah yeah definitely
0: well i'm not surprised Okay, right. Um, next question then, um, and you've kind of already answered this, but just to give us a little bit more information on the fact that you've got an agent. Now, do you need an agent how you're playing? What does the, your agent do for you?
1: I think as the game, the women's game moves forward more, I think you do need an agent just so that you can get that connections. Um, but you don't necessarily need one. You can do your own contact and teams, but it will be easier if you do have an agent. In my opinion, yeah. Okay. Um, he looks after us in yeah. every way possible, really. Like, yeah, it's not just the contract side. Like, we we have access to psychologists, nutritionists, like sponsorship things, like discounts at Adidas and like all these different uh like protein companies and things like that that they sort out for you, which is a really good thing to have as an athlete. So, yeah.
0: And does your agent have a lot of athletes to look after?
1: Uh, Yeah, and he's got like um, a team of about, I think, 10 people who look after all the athletes and we speak to him and some people speak to the other staff members who work there and stuff. So we're really well looked after, we stay in contact all the time.
0: Okay. Right. Next question. If you had a kind of a magic ball and you could make one change for girls' football in England What to help girls on their way, what would that be?
1: I would say increase the participation. I know it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but the more girls that take part, the more competitive it's going to be. Even from the early ages, like you need to have the competitiveness instilled in young girls so that they want to have the will to win and will to go further in their careers. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit more now with all the I know it's a thing to say, but with the men's teams getting involved and Man United have just got a new women's team that's only been on for two years and I think if more teams follow in those footsteps and back the women's teams, I think that it will filter down into the younger age groups and they'll see that you can make a career out of this because even when we were younger, you couldn't have a career out of playing football. It's only now, in these last four, five, six years, that it's become a career that is... um, I don't know. Yes, yeah, sustainable because this year this season was the first season that the women's super league is fully professional and I think that that's something to be proud of but I think it also shows that it's got a long way to go because there's still some things that can be improved on I think but definitely increasing the participation is one way to go.
0: Okay, moving on. What is your greatest moment in football so far? I think
1: for me it's the Champions League debut. Everybody wants to play in the Champions League and to play in the Champions League was unbelievable and to get 90 minutes in a clean sheet was just, just topped it off as well, so that was definitely it for me. Yeah, I would have to say my Champions League debut as well, it couldn't have gone much better for me. It was like living a dream that day, scoring three goals So and we won, and we won. Yeah, so perfect.
0: But you did win the County Cup with Seton?
1: Yeah, I did. That's a close second, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good to hear it. OK, from highs to lows, whats what's been your low point in football?
1: For me, my low point was actually in the last Champions League game that we played in August. Um, I got injured about 20 minutes in. I was taking a shot and someone came in and just clattered me after it. I'm glad to say that my shot went in and I actually scored but um I didn't know at the time but I'd actually tore the lateral meniscus in my knee during the shot um and when the girl came in after and took me out um so here's me thinking oh I'm hard I'm from Cumbria I'll just play on. I played on for a bit and I'm thinking oh I can't really run this off I didn't know at the time what was wrong I, I thought I'll be okay and then I try to stay away from the ball but then Someone played me a really good pass, so I like I ran through and I scored another one and I was like, oh, I don't really want to come off here, but you know, you never know with knee injuries how serious it can be. So I got my thinking cap on and I said, I need to be smart here. So I, I said to my coach, I need to come off. And he said, OK, he was so surprised because I never asked to come off. Um, and the physio look, took one look at it and said, I think you've torn your meniscus. And I was thinking, oh, no, how long is that? I didn't know anything about that. Um but fortunately it was about six weeks out. So I think I played on the seventh week and I got the club doctor, he performed the surgery. So it was someone familiar and that was good. So I I was really, really well looked after here. So that was nice, but it was a low point. But then again, I had Stephanie here with me and all my teammates and I had, luckily, I mean, it's not the same at all women's football teams. Like I had doctors and private care and things like that. So that was always nice. But yeah, that definitely was a low point because I'd never been injured like that before. You miss a few games here and there through, through little knocks and things like that, but that was definitely a shock for me for being out of action for so long and just the, time, the the amount of work that it took to get back to how I was before was surprising for me. I didn't think it would be like that. Okay. Yeah.
0: And Steffi? Um, I think
1: for me as well, it's any type of injury, like I've had the same surgery when I was 13, actually at Cumbria, and I tore my meniscus as well, that was a long time ago now though, um, but yeah, just any type of injury can really affect you mentally if you're, if you're feeling bad or you just think, oh, why's it happening to me and you, you just need to try and stay positive and look on the bright side and you will get over it and you'll be fine in the end, but injuries can be a low point, definitely.
0: Okay. Right, thank you for that, and I'm glad we passed them and we're back yeah, fit. Me
1: too. Yeah.
0: Now the next one, have you had any contact from the England setup? Ever.
1: No. Uh, I think I got put on standby a couple of times when we were playing for Blackburn 17th, but no, I never
0: have. No. So the fact that you're playing professionally, they don't, they haven't kind of asked or. I'll have to send a couple of emails, I think.
1: Yeah, you do that, put a good word in for us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I don't think I can do much, but yeah, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um, okay. Who wins a one on one between the pair of you?
1: It's honestly fifty yeah. fifty because we know each other's all of our strengths, all of our weaknesses. Yeah. So it depends on the type of one V one as well. But usually it's fifty fifty. 50
0: Okay, who's the most competitive then?
1: that is we're competitive in anything we do yeah. that's how we were brought up like anything our grand used to say she would say who can pick up the most toys when we were kids and we would race and do it or who can clean the dishes the fastest who can do this the fastest so everything we've done all of our life is one big competition yeah definitely. so I would say it's pretty That's with that as yeah. well
0: okay right okay. who's your favourite player male and female
1: Um, I think my favourite male player is Sergio Ramos from Real Madrid. And my favourite female player is Tony Duggan. For me, I would say my favourite female player is definitely Ellen White. Um she's just such a goal scorer, it's unbelievable. Um she's someone I look up to as well. And for my favourite male player is probably either Ryan Giggs or Paul Scholes, someone like that, just man united through and through.
0: I'm cutting that bit from the podcast by the way. <laughs> okay right so favorite football boots do you have a favorite pair yeah
1: yeah i've been Nike tempos for as long as i can remember i think when we first went to america our team was sponsored by nike so you get given nike everything uh nike boots trainers to go to gym and everything so we always had nike boots and you could choose the like the type of like tempos or mercurials or hyper venoms at the time and I always chose Tiempos so that was in twenty fourteen I started wearing them religiously so now I'm always tiempos. For me it's a bit of a touchy subject at the minute because oh. Nike have stopped making hyper venoms, which was my all time favourite boot, they just fit my foot perfectly. I scored loads of goals wearing them and then I had to change to the new Phantom is it vision? Yeah. Phantom Vision and Phantom Venom. So I wear them them at the minute. Luckily, I have scored just as many goals wearing them ones, but they don't fit me quite as well as the Hyper did.
0: They're not quite like a slipper?
1: No, not quite.
0: What about favourite colour boots or are you black? I We're all black, definitely.
1: Yeah. All black boots, maybe a little bit of colour on the tick, maybe a green or something or a yellow, but not a lot of colour at all. Yeah. Black is definitely the best way
0: to go. And what about your teammates? Do they do coloured boots or.
1: Yeah, coloured boots, black and yellow what are the white white reds, all white boots pink pink well. pink boots yellow boots any type yeah. they're a bit more adventurous than me yeah <laughs> Yeah,
0: <You're> old school <laughs> yeah old school fair enough do you have any superstitions or rituals you do before matches
1: honestly no i'm quite boring i just i don't need to do anything in a certain order like some of our teammates have to put everything on on the left leg and then They'll put everything on on the right leg stock boots, shin pads, and then they'll do the other leg. Um, some people have to drink a certain amount of water or eat a certain food, but no, I don't have anything in particular that I need to do. Me either. I just, I just want to play, so I just yeah, yeah turn up and play. <laughs> I just I don't need to do anything special.
0: And do you think there's anything you do without realizing you do it?
1: We we spoke about this because we got asked this. A while back, and we thought at the time, and we tried to think when we went to train or a game, but no, I just pick up whatever boot is out of my bag first. I just, yeah. I don't really think about it. I just do it. Yeah.
0: Okay, no superstitions, black boots. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that was a next...
1: boring answer, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you with that answer. Yeah.
0: My next question was Have you ever forgotten to do the ritual? And if so, what happened? So you've kind of messed that one up, haven't you? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think if any
1: of our teammates have forgotten to do it. Um, no is... one has that serious anymore. Yeah, some people have like they have to be last to, to leave the changing room or they have to be first out or just little things like that they all kind of do them so I've never been in that situation where someone's forgot to do
0: something and starts panicking thankfully so. Oh well that's good to know. Um, Who is the most influential person in your football careers?
1: I would think my family I can't just name one person like there's been lots of people that have influenced my career Um, but I would say that my family is the number one reason yeah we've had some good coaches down the line but your family there consistently throughout your whole life. So although there has been good coaches, it's more of a consistent answer to say family. Definitely.
0: Okay girls, that is we've come to the end of the podcast. End of the questions for today. Just like to say thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. We really do appreciate it and it's really fantastic to watch your career develop through the years. So thank you very much for your time Um, good luck in the future. Good luck for the Champions League and we'll look forward to seeing you in the future.
1: Thank you. We've enjoyed speaking to you as well. Yeah, it's been nice to have a good chat a uh, nice catch up. Thanks for
0: having us. No, you're most welcome. And just one last question then. If yeah. the opportunity arose for you to come back to an English club, could we see the Hardy Twins in England playing professionally?
1: I think so. I think if the right opportunity comes and it's the right time to take it, I think that's definitely on the cards.
0: Would that be any colour or just red for you?
1: (laughs) Hopefully red, but we'll see.
0: Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Take care, all the best and good luck for the future. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Cumberland FA or like Cumberland FA on Facebook for more episodes.